Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, David. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks for speaking to me. We're going to go straight into it, if we may. Um, and this is very much the extra chapter in the book that we tried to write last week, where Sod's Law, I put out a podcast and uh, a significant extra story came a week or so later with those last two packages and the big news being about Amazon. So looking back at it generally, in your position as ex-head of sports rights for the for the BBC and Fosmas, the company that you run now, who's won, who's lost? What's the state of things now we know everything? I'm not sure anyone's really lost to be honest you know if i run through the positions from from all different sides uh, and i'll come to the premier league last um so sky have have definitely won because they they've secured pretty much the same number of games for less money the market expected them to be up um to pay maybe more you know 30 percent more and they've ended up paying I think the figure, you know, something like 20% less. Uh, so a definite win for Sky, particularly given all the shenanigans going on with, with takeovers and stuff, which gets co- more complicated by the day. For BT, you could argue that BT have, have, have lost here uh, in that they, you know, all the indications were they weren't going to bid particularly aggressively, but they seem to have got outmaneuvered and lost the Saturday evening package and ended up with the saturday lunchtime package which is not as good a because fewer people watch on a saturday morning and b they don't have any first picks which again is another reason that sky have, have won and, and they've ended up you know paying more per match than they did last time so you can probably put bt in the loser camp but not massive losers you know they still re- retained you know what what they had before particularly having picked up this this kind of 20-game simulcast package that they did this week uh, for not a lot of money, for about £30 million a year. So I suspect that lowers their their average per game across the board, you know, even if you assume that, that a match week's only actually worth four games, in effect. It still slightly reduces their average per game, which is, I think, about £9 million per game. So BT, uh, a slight loser... Amazon, I think, uh, have come out of this a big winner. Yeah, there was a lot of speculation they might go large on these rights and, and a lot of scepticism about it. Um, so it was no surprise that they didn't bid you know, aggressively for, for the packages. But the fact that Sky and BT effectively pulled away or, or didn't bid enough for, for these last two simulcast packages has allowed them to you know, put a toe in the, in the, in the Premier League market you know, without having to spend an awful lot of money. We don't know what they've spent, but the fact it's not disclosed would suggest it's not a, a huge amount to pick up, you know, effectively two two match weeks at really key points of the season for them, or, or points of the, I suppose you say, of the retail season for them, because, you know, it's all about retail. Um, so they've got first... Yeah, the first week in December, they've got a, a package of, of midweek games, which I guess will run on a, a sort of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or something like that, and give them you know four four kind of slots to broadcast these games. Um, it's worth noting that Black Friday, which I think is possibly even their biggest retail moment of the year, um, is on um, this year. It's on the twenty third of November, so that offers 
you know, huge cross-selling potential for them around that first package. And then the second one they've got is the bank holiday Boxing Day week when, you know, uh, you know if, you, if you recall, they start their sales on Christmas Day now on Amazon. So, again, it's another fantastic cross-promotional prospect for them, all for the, uh, you know, relatively small sum for them of, of well, assuming it's something like 30, 20 to 30 million pounds a year. It's interesting, and, and sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe rambling on a bit, cause it, but it was a very big question you asked me. Yeah, the, the, the power that, the, the interesting thing about Amazon is their ability to potentially cross-sell advertising, whereby advertisers can measure the impact their ads have, i.e. you put an ad on Amazon and um, how many people stay on Amazon and buy the product. So that's that's quite a powerful tool and something we, we need to watch because I believe it's been quite successful in the States uh, with their NFL product. And that leaves us, you know, j- just to round up the question, that brings us back to the, the, the Premier League, who I think have done pretty well, to be honest. We, we have to look at it in the context of last the last two auctions, which have gone up 70% of the time. Um, so they've, they've had a, a little bit of a, a decrease. But I view that more as a, a market correction rather than, than a major trend, a downward trend. So until we see what happens next time, which to to an extent will depend on a how interested BT are and and b how interested or successful the Amazon project is. We won't really know whether it's just a, a slight correctional blip or whether it's the the start of something different. You know, given all the you know the potential for for demographic change and and, and you know in the and change in the way that people view Premier League product. So I would say, you know, on balance, I'd call it a score. I'd call it a score draw for the Premier League, perhaps uh, a win for Sky and Amazon, and a, a narrow loss for BT. If if that answers the question. No, it does. It does thoroughly. And really, this is an ongoing story that has a an update every three years, and it's been really left on a on a cliffhanger because, as you said at the end, the success of this one will only be seen really in terms of what happens next time because getting Amazon involved would seem to be a big win for the for the Premier League. BT seems to have reduced a little bit uh, of, of course they've got the Champions League which is, which is out, outside the um, the Premier League deal but is there any indication of the way this is is going in the long term and have we seen a little bit of a, a turn in the in the saga towards the fan group because it was so talked about? was so talked about that they would get involved and one of them has in the end yeah no well it's 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 definitely a move in that direction uh, i think it's too as i said it's too early to tell exactly where it's going but you you know common sense would dictate it would it's going to keep moving in that direction how quickly it goes to an extent depends on on bt and I think you know, there's a couple of other major things that have happened this week it's like a giant soap opera isn't it um, Obviously, Richard Scudamore uh, announcing he's leaving. Yeah, he he is big shoes. To, he has big shoes to fill, and and obviously has been massively successful at, at driving the value of the Premier League up from I think about I think six seventy million when he came in to whatever it is now, just under five billion. 
um, excluding all the international sales. So, you know, you could ask, well, why why is he choosing this moment to go? Now, I think he's been thinking about leaving for quite a while and maybe thought he'd given an extra three years off the back of the last one. Um, but if he thought it was going to go up massively next time, then perhaps he might hang around for another three years. So whether that's an indication of where he thinks it's going or whether it's just because he's had enough, I suspect 90 percent the latter, by the way, um, that, you know, that that needs to be taken into account. You know, how will it be run going forward? And secondly, um, you know, the as I understand it, the sacking of Gavin Patterson at BT, who obviously has his fingerprints all over the BT sport content strategy that they're going to have to bring in a new chief executive who that is i have no idea at this point but bt is fundamentally a telecoms business and uh, their share price has taken an absolute battering so whoever comes in is going to want to make some radical changes and you know there's a fairly obvious one there that they they could make particularly you know if they've got a wholesaling deal in in place with bt why why spend a huge amount of money on sport content when you can just retail at a margin, the, um, the the Sky channels. So that's another major factor. So if if BT you know, goes soft or withdraw from the market, and I don't think anybody really knows the answer to that until the new guy comes in, that really does open the door to the fangs because at that point they're, they're not having to pay huge strategic or potentially not having to pay huge strategic premiums to, to get into the market. So, so the next... The, the next auction could be a, a really interesting one. And you know, obviously you said we've got three years to go. So uh, stay cho- tuned to three years of, of, of speculation. One other thing that happened, of course, was the change in the international rights skewed a little bit more to the quote unquote big six because it would be, be based on end of season positioning. That's broken a measure of the equality that people argue have kept has kept the Premier League very competitive. What's your thoughts on that now it's actually happened? Uh, I kind of got the sense it was inevitable just because of the pulling power of those big big six. It's probably more like big three um, in Asia particularly. It's not going to be good for, for parity, is it? Because anything that, that distributes the, the income unfairly not unfairly but unequally is only going to push towards you know those those four five or six clubs being well ahead of you know the rest of the pack i suppose the, at least the premier league's you know got some competition at the top of the league compared to the other main leagues where you've got one or two teams that that seem to win it every year so um the, the premier league slightly skewed anyway by the money coming in for man city and and chelsea uh, and other you know foreign investment so I, I don't think it's going to make a, a major change um the, the the bottom clubs will end up with more money it, it, as i read it um you know assuming that international sales do continue to go up and you know who knows whether that's the case or not um but if they do continue to go up then the the, the bottom clubs will still end up with more money next time around than they had this time it's just you know a, a big part of that potentially increase will end up with the, with the bigger clubs um now the big clubs will argue they need more money to keep track of real madrid and barcelona and, and Bayern munich um i think it's inevitable and you know being to hear your views on this but i think it's inevitable that the big clubs are just going to get bigger um what that means for the premier league 
I suspect not a lot in the short term or the medium term because it's tremendously powerful um, and far more powerful brand than, than any of the other leagues. It would be interesting in the long term whether the Premier League even starts trying to poach some of the other teams because I think an EPL with some some top foreign teams in is probably a more attractive proposition than creating a European league if you're looking at you know international sales etc. Um, so that that's just my general musings whether it's whether it's right or not I don't know. Yeah, I was reading up on this, and of course, the current differential between top and bottom is one point six uh, times. Um, but it's but it's this new deal is capped at one point eight, and it only concerns additional money made in overseas rights. Obviously, that's the area that's going up. We know that, but it did seem to me that, well, I'll put it back to you. Has that? issue been overblown because it's only going from 1.6 to 1.8 all right i know that pie is going to increase in size but is it is it as big a deal as we make it out to be oh i don't think it's a game changer but it's a trend isn't it and as i understand and correct me if i'm wrong because i haven't i haven't read extensively on this the international sales was shared equally was my understanding so this is it is a it is a, a change in principle in a way to 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 change it um, more around success, kind of more in line with the way the domestic rights are, are shared. Um, so it's a step. Yeah, I'm sure the big teams are going to want to make other steps. You know, having successfully done it this way, it's interesting that it was almost Scudamore's last act before he announced he was departing. So whether he burnt, he felt he'd burnt a lot of political capital getting it through, and why he felt it was so important. I don't know because the other clubs. Why did the other clubs agree to it? I suppose is the big question because they could have, you know, they, they the fourteen could have could have said no. Yes, and my understanding was, well, we read that it was going to be a fight. It was going to be uh, everyone at each other's throats with regard to this, and I read that it got it sailed through. To be honest. Presumably that's because of the lobbying that was done ahead of time, but but still, it didn't seem to be the massive issue it was painted out to be. No, and I think you're right. I don't think it. Um, I hadn't appreciated that the 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 new distribution is on any increase in international sales, which yeah makes it you know, relatively easy to swallow, um, particularly if international sales don't increase that much, and we have to see you know, where that goes going forward. So yeah, it, I, I think it's the principle that's that's potentially more worrying, which is why I wouldn't, if I was the clubs, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have given up that on the basis that you know if if the bottom or well, not the bottom, but if the if the domestic market cools and international sales are seen as the future growth of, of Premier League revenue, ten twenty years down the line, this this might actually be quite a large concession. Um, so, yeah, what did they get in return for, for giving that up, I suppose, is the big question. Mm, we don't we don't know. We don't know the, the ins and outs of that one. I was going to talk about Sky because I went and lived in America for a couple of years. And when I came back, one of the things I noticed was Sky's programming, which had been very full, very full programming, a wide variety of sports. And I came back and it had changed. And there was an awful lot of filler content on during the day, a lot of archive content obviously there were more channels more time to fill but it said it seemed to be a product of sky throwing their lot in in terms of getting premier league rights that's where all their resources have gone well now 
they've done well to uh, keep the level of games that they've got. I think they've got 128 games and it's a 14% discount from what I on, on the previous year. But it's still a lot of money. They've lost the Spanish League uh, to 11. They've lost the Gulf to Discover, or a large portion of it, and reduced amount of tennis coverage. Now, the Sky's business model was always based on Premier League rights, but it seems to be there's little else but the Premier League in their portfolio right now. Do you accept that, agree with that? I don't agree with that, but the, I, but I do agree with the, the change of emphasis of, of Sky. A couple of years ago, I think, they, they seemed to change their strategy. I think as a result of having paid so much for the Premier League last time, which meant you know, the pennies were tight and they needed to find savings. So they, they it looks like they've focused, well, they, they have focused on um, an increasingly small basket of premium sports that you know, they presumably feel drive uh, their subscriber base. So you've got football and Premier League football. You've also got cricket where they've invested a, an awful lot of money in, in that. And, you know, they have the cricket channel and you've got Formula One where they from 2019, they have fully exclusive rights. So that's a big thing for them. You've got you know, their other football channel, which sort of supports Premier League. Um, but golf is golf is a really interesting one because, you know, they 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 let the USPGA go, which didn't make a huge amount of sense given, you know, they have a golf channel and they just picked up the open, you know, exclusively live. So, you know, they were able to say, we're the only place you can watch all the golf majors. And then they let one go for, I imagine, not a huge amount of money because it ended up on the BBC red button, if you recall. So, I suspect they've been completely outflanked by Discovery on the on the US PGA Tour rights, and uh, I, for the life of me, can't work out how Discovery are going to monetize you know, the amounts of money that they've paid. They've paid a huge huge amount for for something that still is very much reliant on Tiger Woods being fit to you know attract a decent audience. So, so golf is. If you're going to drop another one, golf is 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 probably the obvious one to go. Um, but as you say, if if golf starts going, and by the way, you know the European Tour, w- w- without the US Tour, I, I'm I, I'm struggling to see how they support a golf channel. So they may reach some sort of agreement with Discovery to buy the rights for more than they might have paid otherwise. A bit like Discovery's sub-licensed a lot of the the Olympic rights. But yeah, they they have concentrated more and more on on key strategic sports and it's interesting that you know one of one of their key strategic sports also seems to be suffering and you're right the rest of its documentaries and archive and and fillers and things um around those key moments so they're almost moving i suppose from a a you know a a linear proposition to a a big moment proposition and and perhaps in in 10 years yeah, they they won't be about linear anyway. It'll be about big moments and channels will sort of become irrelevant. But that's probably a little way off. Yeah, I mean, I have to be fair to Sky and say there were there were more channels when I came back, and of course, I'm not sure how many people watched during the day anyway. So if you put in quote unquote filler content in that in that period of time, I'm not not sure it's the biggest issue in the world to be honest. Especially as everything like that is is time shifted anyway. All that all that archive content. Um, just a little bit about Amazon. Now they've come out and said that their Premier League coverage will be at no extra cost. You just got got to be a prime. Uh, subscriber, Prime member to do so. And there's an interesting stat, Prime members 
spend 20 times more on Amazon than non-Prime members. And it's currently it's 100 million uh, Prime members. Is part of that push to add another carrot for people to sign up to Prime, especially perhaps the male demographic? Is that a reaction maybe to the strength of Netflix? Because I'm increasingly finding when I'm looking for content on Netflix and Amazon Prime, I have them both. I look on Prime and there isn't enough. Netflix outshines it in terms of that documentaries, films, series. It's much sexier content. Prime needs some point of difference to add to its other benefits as well. And this was a, an obvious choice. Yeah, I can see, you know, I can see the, the benefit of sport to Prime if they pay the right kind of money. Obviously, the Prime model won't work if you start spending billions on, on sport content. Netflix is a slightly different business, I suppose, because it's all about selling content, whereas Amazon is about selling packages. So as long as there's enough content on there that to entice people in, you know, I, I got I got Prime because for, for the free next day packages. And it just so happens it's a bonus that you get all this content as well. So I suspect the, the Amazon user is, you know, it likes the packages and you get some some content and other good stuff thrown in. So they're selling packages first, content second, whereas Netflix is all about content. Um, so, but but the interesting thing about the football is, yeah, I, I'm not sure how the you know the Premier League fan and Amazon Prime demographics overlap. I, I read an interesting stat: um, something like, yeah, I think 40% of the people who are interested in the Premier League don't have Sky or BT. And clearly, they watch match of the day or or, or clips or, or whatever but if amazon can even capture a few of those people you know they, they get their their 30 million back pretty quickly and christmas is the perfect time when everyone the family's all sitting around and i'm being slightly stereotypical here but mum's thinking about buying some you know something in the in the sales on amazon and dad goes oh let's just get prime and then i can watch the football this afternoon i, I can see it working quite well and no doubt they will market the hell out of it do you think it might change their presentation style as well because as you say they're coming from a different perspective it's not just about selling the content they've got other things to sell around it uh, and this is um another weapon in their arsenal as, as it were to get subscribers but also they're going to want data from them as well and they want to going to put push them into their other products as well so is that is that going to affect the, the presentation style it could well do um it'll be interesting to see you know what the what the tennis looks like when when they do that you can see in, obviously they're getting into groceries as well so you could almost see order a pizza or um or get some beer delivered or whatever while you're watching the game you can see you know the potential yeah you know, the whole thing is streamlined so watch the game and you know if you're heineken saying you're advert you know you're a sponsor or whatever you can actually click on heineken right there and then so it it does become quite intriguing that you know what they could potentially do with this you know and, and what rules <laughs> will will offcom you know, if any, attach around this content because it's a completely different world for cross-promotion and sponsorship because it's not TV. So are there any rules around it? I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, so, so it could be a complete, you know, completely new, different experience. Um, I'm sure the Premier League will want to, want to make sure that it, 
it looks good and and amazon won't want to damage their brand anyway because you know if if the coverage goes down badly then any goodwill they get out of it will be quickly lost you know with the with the you know being attacked in the press and uh, in the media and new media etc so they need to get the balance right but it doesn't take a leap of imagination to see the potential for selling stuff during the football by just pressing a button what do you think the other ott players the 11s and the disowns who must have thought about bidding for Premier League rights, and they might have done for all I know. Um, what do you think that they will make of Amazon's entry? I'd be worried if I were them. You know, as, as a pure commercial um, sporting proposition, it wouldn't have made much point picking up two, two match weeks because you can't sell any sort of subscribers on that basis. So it kind of fitted that the, the geniuses of this is it actually fits. You can see how it fits the Amazon model really well over the Christmas period. Um, for the others, it doesn't make sense. If it, you know, it gives Amazon three years to experiment, doesn't it? And if, if that experiment works and if it feeds back you know, good data and they make money off that, then it potentially gives them the ammunition to, to bid more aggressively next time around. Um, if it doesn't work and BT for you know come out of the marketplace, then your, your Dar Zones and your Elevens are absolutely in the game. But I can't see them competing against the likes of Amazon, who whose you know, business model is is completely different and you know, potentially allows them to pay a strategic premium over and above you know the the, the value the pure commercial value of the the rights. Now, of course, you know maybe Dar Zone and Eleven. Yeah, given their their OT platform, OTT platforms, they can look at what Amazon does and you know, steal a lot of a lot of their clothes themselves, and 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 you know offer offer their sponsors and their advertisers similar kind of cross promotional things, and and that's I suspect if they're not working on it, they will be pretty quickly. I'm going to ask you one of those wide questions again that I know you enjoy, <laughs> <No>. but <laughs> but 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 you've been you've. <laughs> You've been around for so many of these Premier League uh, rights sales. This one, to me, seems pretty pivotal in the sense that you've had Scudamore resign. Sorry, depart. Not resign, depart. And you've had Amazon enter the fray. You've had uh, another challenger, potentially BT, uh, show where they're going. It seems to be one of the ones that might might change the direction of the Premier League, given the important things that have happened with the international rights as well. So it's not a definite turn fork in the road, but it, it would suggest this change of direction. Well, you know, I think, as I said, we'll know in three years. It it feels groundbreaking. Um, but, you know, we have to see, you know, will BT retreat from the marketplace? Will this be successful for Amazon? Will the trend in, um, you know, the downward trend in, in rights costs continue um you know how will Scudamore be replaced all really big issues and none of which we know the answers to but it certainly feels much more um exciting and interesting than for example last time around where the story was well how on earth can people keep can continue to pay these kind of monies or you know can they can, can you know keep you know growing the amount they spend and the answer to that was no all the time before, you know, which was sort of you know, where the hell's BT come from? That was amazing. So 
generally, it's very rare for it ever to be boring. And in you know, when, once we see things in three years' time, we'll know exactly how pivotal it is. It feels like the whole of the media space is in a fairly pivotal moment. But I, I suspect we're, we're talking about, as I think we probably talked last time, you've got 10 or 20 years before it plays out fully. I'll speak to you in 20 years' time then, OK? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks very much, David. Cheers then, Richard. You've been listening to Sport, Digital and Social with Mr. Richard Clark. Rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. You can find Richard on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram by searching for at Mr. Richard Clark or at his website, MrRichardClark.com.